So we begin week 29 uh, at day 197 and continue through Isaiah. We begin today at Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house could you possibly build for me and what place could be my home? My hand made all these things and so they all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favourably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and who trembles at my word. One slaughters an ox, one kills a man, one sacrifices a lamb, one breaks a dog's neck, one offers a grain offering, one offers swine's blood, one offers incense, one praises an idol. All these have chosen their ways and delight in their abominations. So I will choose their punishment, and I will bring on them what they dread, because I called and no one answered. I spoke and they didn't hear. They did what was evil in my sight and chose what I didn't delight in. You who tremble at his word, hear the word of the Lord. You brothers who hate and exclude you because of me have said, Let the Lord be glorified so that we can see your joy, but they will be put to shame. A sound of uproar from the city, a voice from the temple, the voice of the Lord paying back his enemies what they deserve. Before Zion was in labour she gave birth, before she was in pain she delivered a boy. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day, or a nation be delivered in an instant? Yet as soon as Zion was in labour, she gave birth to her sons. Will I bring a baby to the point of birth and not deliver it, says the Lord, or will I, deli- will I who delivered close the womb, says your God? Be glad for Jerusalem and rejoice over her, all who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all who mourn over her, so that you may nurse and be satisfied, and from her comforting breast drink deeply and delight yourselves from her glorious breasts. For this is what the Lord says, I will make peace flow to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flood. You will nurse and be carried on her hip, and bounced on her lap. As a mother comforts her son, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted in Jerusalem. You will see, you will rejoice, and you will flourish like grass. Then the Lord's power will be revealed to his servants, and he will show his wrath against his enemies. Look, the Lord will come with fire. His chariots are like the whirlwind to execute his anger with fury, and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment on all flesh with his fiery sword, and many will be slain by the Lord. Those who dedicate and purify themselves to enter the groves following their leader, eating meat from pigs, vermin and rats, will perish together. This is the Lord's declaration. Knowing their works and their thoughts, I have come to gather all nations and languages. They will come and see my glory. I will establish a sign among them, and I will send survivors from them to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, Lud, who are archers, Tubal, Javan, and the islands far away, who have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. And they will proclaim my glory among the nations. They will bring all your brothers from all the nations as a gift to the Lord on horses and chariots, in litters and on mules and camels, to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord, just as the Israelites bring an offering and a clean vessel to the house of the Lord. I will also take some of them as priests and Levites, says the Lord. For just as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make will endure before me, so will your offspring and your name endure. All mankind will come to worship me from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, says the Lord. As they leave, they will see the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me, for their maggots will never die, 
Their fire will never go out and they will be a horror to all mankind. And then we read from Micah chapter 4 verse 1. In the last days on the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. Peoples will stream to it and many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among many peoples and provide arbitration for strong nations that are far away. They will beat their swords into ploughs and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up the sword against nation and they will never again train for war. But each man will sit under his grapevine and under his fig tree with no one to frighten him. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has promised this. Though all the peoples each walk in the name of their gods, we will walk in the name of Yahweh our God forever and ever. On that day I will assemble the lame and gather the scattered, those I have injured. I will make the lame into a remnant, those far removed into a strong nation. Then the Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion from this time on and forever. And you, watchtower for the flock, fortified hill of daughter Zion, the former rule will come to you, sovereignty will come to daughter Jerusalem. Now why are you shouting loudly? Is there no king with you? Has your counsellor perished so that anguish grips you like a woman in labour? Writhe and cry out, daughter Zion, like a woman in labour. For now you will leave the city and camp in the open fields. You will go to Babylon, there you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you from the power of your enemies. Many nations have now assembled against you. They say, let her def be defiled and let us feast our eyes on Zion. But they do not know the Lord's intentions or understand his plan, that he has gathered them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Rise and thresh, daughter Zion, for I will make your horns iron and your hooves bronze, so you can crush many peoples. Then you will devote what they plunder to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Now, daughter who is under attack, you slash yourself in grief as siege is set against us. They are striking the judge of Israel on the cheek with a rod. Bethlehem of Fafrath, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from eternity. Therefore he will abandon them until the time when she who is in labour has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of Yahweh, in the majestic name of Yahweh his God. They will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth. There will be peace. When Assyria invades our land, when it marches against our fortresses, we will raise against it seven shepherds, even eight leaders of men. They will shepherd the land of Assyria with a sword, the land of Nimrod with a drawn blade. So he will rescue us from Assyria when it invades our land, when it marches against our territory. Then the remnant of Jacob will be among many peoples like dew from the ground, like showers in the grass which do not wait for anyone or linger for mankind. Then the remnant of Jacob will be among the nations, among many peoples, like a lion among animals of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, which tramples and terrors as it passes through, and there is no one to rescue them. Your hand will be lifted up against your adversaries, and all your enemies will be destroyed. In that day, the Lord's declaration, I will remove your horses from you and wreck your chariots. I will remove the cities of your land and tear down all your fortresses. I will remove sorceries from your hands, and you will not have any more fortune tellers. I will remove your carved images and sacred pillars from you, 
so that you will not bow down again to the work of your hands. I will pull up the Asherah poles from among you and demolish your cities. I will take vengeance and anger and wrath against the nations that have not obeyed me. Now listen to what the Lord is saying. Rise, plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Listen to the Lord's lawsuit, you mountains and enduring foundations of the earth. Because the Lord has a case against his people and he will argue it against Israel. My people, what have I done to you or how have I wearied you? Testify against me. Indeed, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from that place of slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron and Miriam ahead of you. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, proposed, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Micaiah Grove to Gilgal, so that you may acknowledge the Lord's righteous acts. What should I bring before the Lord when I come to bow before God on high? Should I come before him with burnt offerings, with year-old calves? Would the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousand streams of oil? Should I give my firstborn for my transgression, the child of my body for my own sin? He has told you men what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you, only to act justly, to love faithfulness and to walk humbly with your God. The voice of the Lord calls out to the city, and it is wise to fear your name. Pay attention to the rod and the one who ordained it, and there still the treasures of wickedness and the accursed short measure in the house of the wicked. Can I excuse wicked scales or bags of deceptive weights? For the wealthy of the city are full of violence, and its residents speak lies. The tongues in their mouths are deceitful. As a result, I have begun to strike you severely, bringing desolation because of your sins. You will eat but not be satisfied, for there will be hunger within you. What you acquire you cannot save, and what you do what you do save I will give to the sword. You will sow but not reap, you will press olives but not anoint yourself with oil, and you will tread grapes but not drink the wine. The statutes of Omri and all the practice of Ahab's house has been observed. You have followed their policies. Therefore I will make you a desolate place and the city's residence an object of contempt. You will bear the scorn of my people. And there we end, day 197. Day 198, and we continue through Micah, beginning at chapter 7, verse 1. How sad for me, for I am like one who, when the summer fruit has been gathered after the gleaning of the great grape harvest, finds no grape cluster to eat, no early fig which I crave. Godly people have vanished from the land, there is no one upright among the people. All of them wait in ambush to shed blood, they hunt each other with a net. Both hands are good at accomplishing evil, the official and the judge demand a bribe. When the powerful man communicates his evil desire, they plot it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright is worse than a hedge of thorns. The day of your watchman, the day of your punishment is coming. At this time their panic is here. Do not rely on a friend, don't trust in a close companion. Seal your mouth from the woman who lies in your arms, for a son considers his father a fool. A daughter opposes her mother and a daughter-in-law is against her mother-in-law. A person's enemies are the people in his own home. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will stand up. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I must endure the Lord's rage. Until he argues my case and establishes justice for me, he will bring it into the light. I will see his salvation. Then my enemy will see, and she will be covered with shame, the one who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? 
My eyes will look at her in triumph. At that time she will be trampled like mud in the streets. A day will come for rebuilding your walls. On that day your boundary will be extended. On that day people will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, even from Egypt to the Euphrates River, and from sea to sea and mountain to mountain. Then the earth will become a wasteland because of its inhabitants and as a result of their actions. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock that is your possession. They live alone in a scrubland surrounded by pastures. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead as in ancient times. I will show them wondrous deeds as in the days of your exodus from the land of Egypt. Nations will see and be ashamed of all their power. They will put their hands over their mouths and their ears will become deaf. They will lick the dust like a snake. They will come trembling out of their hiding places like reptiles slithering on the ground. They will tremble before the Lord our God. They will stand in awe of you. Who is a God like you, removing iniquity and passing over rebellion for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not hold on to his anger forever because he delights in faithful love. He will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show loyalty to Jacob and faithful love to Abraham, as you swore to our fathers from days long ago. Then we read Isaiah chapter 36 verse 1. In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, advanced against all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. And then Second Kings eighteen thirteen to 16 In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So Hezekiah, king of, uh, king of Judah, sent word to the king of Assyria at Lashish, saying, I have done wrong, withdraw from me. Whatever you demand from me, I will pay. The king of Assyria demanded from King Hezekiah of Judah eleven tons of silver and one ton of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver found in the Lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king's palace. At that time Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the Lord's sanctuary and from the doorposts he had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. Then we read Second Chronicles 32 verse 1 to 8. After these faithful deeds, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities and intended to break them into them. Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he had planned war on Jerusalem, so he consulted with his officials and his warriors about stopping up the waters of the springs that were outside the city, and they helped them. Many people gathered and stopped up all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land. They said, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water? Then Hezekiah strengthened his position by rebuilding the entire broken down wall and heightening the towers and the other outside wall. He repaired the supporting terraces of the city of David and made an abundance of weapons and shields. He set military commanders over the people and gathered the people in the square of the city gate. Then he encouraged them saying, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged before the king of Assyria or before all the multitude with him, for there are more with us than with him. He has only human strength, but we have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. So the people relied on the words of King Hezekiah of Judah. And then 2 Kings eighteen seventeen to 26 Then the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabsaris and the Rabshakah, along with a massive army from Lashish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. They advanced and came to Jerusalem, and they took their position by the aqueduct of the upper pool, which is by the highway to the fuller's field. Then they called for the king, but Elikam, son of Hilkah, who was in charge of the palace, 
Sebna the court secretary, and Joah son of Asaph the court historian came out to them. Then the Rebbe Sakar came to them and said, Tell Hezekiah this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. What are you relying on? You think mere words are strategy and strength for war? What are you now relying on so that you have rebelled against me? Look, you now trust in Egypt, the stock of this splintered reed, which if a man leans on it will go into his palm and pierce it. This is how Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all who trust in him. Suppose you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God. Isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship at this altar in Jerusalem? So now make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you two thousand horses if you're able to supply riders for them. How then can you drive back a single officer among the least of my master's servants and trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Have I attacked this place to destroy it without the Lord's approval? The Lord said to me, Attack this land and destroy it. Then Elakim, son of Hilkiah, Sebna and Joah said to the Rabbishah, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak with us in Hebrew within the earshot of the people on the wall. And then we read Second Chronicles 32, 9-14. After this, while Sennacherib, king of Assyria, with all his armed forces besieged Lashish, he sent his servants to Jerusalem against King Hezekiah of Judah, and against all those of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says. Why are, what are you trusting in? You who remain under the siege of Jerusalem. Isn't Hezekiah misleading you to give you over to death by famine and thirst when he says, The Lord our God will deliver us from the power of the king of Assyria? Didn't Hezekiah himself remove his high places and his altars, and say to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before one altar, and you must burn incense on it? Don't you know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of the lands? Have any of the national gods of the lands been able to deliver their land from my power? Who among all the gods of these nations that my fathers utterly destroyed was able to deliver his people from my power, that your God should be able to do the same for you? Then we read Isaiah chapter 36, 2-11. Then the king of Assyria sent the Rebbeshekah along with a massive army from Lashish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. Their Assyrian stood near the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the fuller's field. Elikim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shibna the scribe and Joah son of Asaph the record keeper came out to him. The Rebbeshekah said to them, Tell Hezekiah, the great king, the king of Assyria, says this, What are you basing your confidence on? I say that your plans in military prepar- preparedness are mere words. Now who are you trusting in that you have rebelled against me? Look, you are trusting in Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff which will enter and pierce the hand of anyone who leans on it. This is how Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all who trust in him. Suppose you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God. Isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You are to worship at this altar? Now make a deal with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you two thousand horses if you can put riders on them. How then can you repel the attack of even the weakest of my master's officers and trust in Egypt for horses and chariots? Have I attacked this land to destroy it without the Lord's approval? The Lord said to me, Attack this land and destroy it. Then Elikim, Sebna and Joah said to the Rabbishikah, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew within earshot of the people who are on the wall.
Then we read Second Kings eighteen twenty-seven to 35 But the Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent me only to your master and to you to speak these words? Hasn't he also sent me to the men who sit on the wall, destined with you to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine? Then Rabshakeh stood and called out loudly in Hebrew. Then he spoke, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says, Don't let Hezekiah deceive you, he can't deliver you from my hand. Don't let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord by saying, Certainly the Lord will deliver us. This city will not be handed over to the king of Syria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, for this is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and surrender to me. Then every one of you may eat from his own vine and his own fig tree, and every one may drink water from his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of, land of olive trees and honey, so that you may live and not die. But don't listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land from the power of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharim and Hina and Eva? Have they delivered Samaria from my hands? Who among all the gods of the lands has delivered his land from my power? So how is the Lord to deliver Jerusalem? Then we read Second Chronicles thirty-two, fifteen to 19 to finish today. So now don't let Hezekiah deceive you and don't let him mislead you like this. Don't believe him for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my power or the power of my fathers. How much less will your gods deliver you from my power? His servant said more against the Lord God and against his servant Ezekiah. Then they called out loudly in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem, who were on the wall to frighten and discourage them, in order that he might capture the city. They spoke against the God of Jerusalem like they had spoken against the gods of the people of the land, which were made by human hands. And there we end, day 198. Day 199, and today we begin in Isaiah 36, verses 12 to 20, before going back into Isaiah 29, and then reading through the rest of the day through the, the following chapters of Isaiah. But first, Isaiah 36, 12 to 20. But the Rabsikah replied, As my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you, and not to the men who sit on the wall, who are destined with you to eat their excrement and drink their urine. Then the Rabsikah stood and called out loudly in Hebrew, Listen to the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. The king says, Don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he cannot deliver you. Don't let Hezekiah persuade you to trust the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, for the king of Assyria says, Make peace with me and surrender to me. Then every one of you will eat from his own vine and his own fig tree, and drink water from his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your land a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware that Hezekiah does not mislead you by saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any one of the gods of the nations delivered his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharim? Have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who of all the gods of these lands ever delivered his land from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem? And then we go back into Isaiah 29, verse 1. Woe to Ariel, Ariel, the city where David camped. Continue year after year, let the festivals recur. I will oppress Ariel, and there will be mourning and crying, and she will be to me like an Ariel. 
I will camp in a circle around you. I will besiege you with earth ramps, and I will set up my siege towers against you. You will be brought down, you will speak from the ground, and your words will come from low in the dust. Your voice will be like that of a spirit from the ground, your speech will whisper from the dust. The multitude of your foes will be like fine dust, and the multitude of the ruthless like blowing chaff. Then suddenly, in an instant, you will be visited by the Lord of hosts with thunder, earthquake, and loud noise, storm, tempest, and a flame of consuming fire. The multitude of all the nations going out to battle against Ariel, all the attackers, the siege works against her, and those who oppress her, will then be like a dream, a vision in the night. It will be like a hungry one who dreams he is eating, then wakes and is still hungry, and like a thirsty one who dreams he is drinking, then wakes and is still thirsty, longing for water. So will be the multitude of all the nations who go out to battle against Mount Zion. Stop and be astonished. Blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk but not with wine. They stagger but not with beer. For the Lord has poured out on you an overwhelming urge to sleep. He has shut your eyes, the prophets, and covered your heads, the seers. For you the entire vision will be like the words of a sealed document. If it is given to one who can read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read it because it is sealed. And if the document is given to one who cannot read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read. The Lord said, Because these people approach me with their mouths to honour me with slip service, yet their hearts are far from me, and their worship consists of man-made rules learned by rote. Therefore I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder. The vision of their wise men will vanish, and the understanding of the perceptive will be hidden. Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans from the Lord. They do their works in darkness and say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You have turned things around as if the potter were the same as the clay. How can what is made say about its maker? He didn't make me. How can what is formed say about the one who formed it? He doesn't understand what he's doing. Isn't it true that in just a little while Lebanon will become an orchard and the orchard will seem like a forest? On that day the deaf will hear the words of a document and out of a deep darkness the eyes of the blind will see. The humble will have joy after joy in the Lord and the poor people will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless one will vanish, the scorner will disappear and all those who lie in wait will in, with evil intent will be killed. Those who with their speech accuse a person of wrongdoing who set a trap at the gate for the mediator, and without cause deprive the righteous of justice. Therefore the Lord who redeemed Abraham says this about the house of Jacob. Jacob will no longer be ashamed, and his face will no longer be pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands without within his nation, they will honour my name, they will honour the Holy One of Jacob, and stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those who are confused will gain understanding, and those who grumble will accept instruction. Woe to the rebellious children! This is the Lord's declaration. They carry out a plan, but not mine. They make an alliance, but against my will, piling sin on top of sin. They set out to go down to Egypt without asking my advice, in order to seek shelter under Pharaoh's protection and take refuge in Egypt's shadow. But Pharaoh's protection will become your shame, and refuge in Egypt's shadow your disgrace. For though his princes are at Zoan and his messengers reach as far as Hanes, everyone will be ashamed because of a people who can't help. They are of no benefit, they are no help. They are good for nothing but shame and reproach. An oracle about the animals of the Negev. Through a land of trouble and distress, of lioness and lion, of viper and flying serpent, 
they carry their wealth on the backs of donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a people who will not help them. Egypt's help is completely worthless, therefore I call her Rahab who just sits. Go now, write it on a tablet in their presence and inscribe it on a scroll. It will be for the future, forever and ever. They are rebellious people, deceptive children, children who do not obey the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy the truth to us. Tell us flattering things, prophesy illusions. Get out of the way, leave the pathway, rid us of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore the Holy One of Israel says, because you have rejected this message and have trusted in oppression and deceit and have depended on them, this iniquity of yours will be like spreading breach, a bulge in a high wall whose collapse will come very suddenly. Its collapse will be like the shattering of a potter's jar crushed to pieces so that not even a fragment of pottery will be found among its shattered remains. No fragment large enough to take fire from a hearth or scoop water from a cistern. For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, You will be delivered by returning and resting. Your strength will lie in quiet confidence, but you are not willing. You say, No, we will escape on horses, therefore you will escape. And we will ride on fast horses, but those who pursue you will be faster. One thousand will flee at the threat of one, as the threat of five you will flee, until you alone remain like a solitary pole on a mountain top or a banner on a hill. Therefore the Lord is waiting to show you mercy, and is rising up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a just God. Happy are all who wait patiently for him. For you people will live in Zion and Jerusalem, and will never cry again. He will show favour to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears, he will answer you. The Lord will give you meagre bread and water during oppression, but your teacher will not hide himself any longer. Your eyes will see your teacher, and whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Then you will defile your silver-plated idols and your gold-plated images. You will throw them away like menstrual cloths and fill them and call them filth. Then he will send rain for your seed that you have sown in the ground, and the food, the produce of the ground, will be rich and plentiful. On that day your cattle will graze in open pastures, the oxen and donkeys that work the ground will eat salted fodder scattered with winnowing shovel and fork. Streams and watercourses will be on every high mountain and every raised hill on the day of slaughter with the towers fall. The moonlight will be as bright as the sunlight, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven days on the day that the Lord bandages his people's injuries and heals the wounds he inflicted. Look, Yahweh comes from far away, his anger burning and heavy with smoke. His lips are full of fury and his tongue is like a consuming fire. His breath is like an overflowing torrent that rises to the neck. He comes to sift the nations in a sieve of destruction and to put a bridle on the jaws of the peoples to lead them astray. Your singing will be like that of the night on a, of a holy festival, and your heart will rejoice like one who walks to the music of a flute, going up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will make the splendour of his voice heard and reveal his arms striking in angry wrath and a flame of consuming fire, in driving rain a torrent and hailstones. Assyria will be shattered by the voice of the Lord, he will strike with a rod, and every stroke of the appointed staff that the Lord brings down on him will be to the sound of tambourines and lyres. He will fight against him with brandished weapons. Indeed, Topheth has already been ready for the king for a long time now. His funeral pyre is deep and wide, with plenty of fire and wood. 
The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of brimstone, kindles it. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, and who depend on horses. They trust in the number of chariots and in the great strength of charioteers. They do not look to the Holy One of Israel, and they do not seek the Lord's help. But he also is wise and brings disaster. He does not go back on what he says. He will rise up against the house of wicked men and against the allies of evildoers. Egyptians are men, not God. Their horses are flesh, not spirit. When the Lord raises his hand to strike, the helper will stumble and the helped will fall. Both will perish together. For this is what the Lord said to me. As a lion or young lion growls over its prey, when a band of shepherds is called out against it and is not terrified by their shouting or subdued by their noise, so the Lord of hosts will come down to fight on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like hovering birds, so the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. By protecting it, he will rescue it. By sparing it, he will deliver it. Return to the one the Israelites have greatly rebelled against. For on that day, each one will reject the silver and gold idols that your own hands have sinfully made. Then Assyria will fall, and not by human sword. A sword will devour him, but not one made by man. He will flee from the sword. His young men will be put to forced labour. His rock will pass away because of fear, and his officers will be afraid because of the signal flag. This is the Lord's declaration, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. And there we end, day 199. Day 200, and we begin today in Isaiah 32, verse 1. Indeed, a king will reign righteously, and rulers will rule justly. Each will be like a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the rain like streams of water in a dry land and the shade of a massive rock in an arid land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be closed and the ears of those who hear will listen. The reckless mind will gain knowledge and the stammering tongue will speak clearly and fluently. A fool will no longer be called a noble nor a scoundrel said to be important. For his fool speaks foolishness and his mind plots iniquity. He lives in a godless way and speaks falsely about the Lord. He leaves the hungry empty and deprives the thirsty of drink. The scoundrel's weapons are destructive. He hatches plots to destroy the needy with lies and by charging the poor during a judgment. But a noble person plans noble things. He stands up for noble causes. Stand up, you complacent woman. Listen to me. Pay attention to what I say, you overconfident daughters. In a little more than a year, you overconfident ones will shudder For the vintage will fail and the harvest will not come. Shudder, you complacent ones. Tremble, you overconfident ones. Strip yourselves bare and put sackcloth about your waists. Beat your breasts in mourning for the delightful fields and the fruitful vines. For the ground of my people growing thorns and briars. Indeed, for every joyous house in the joyful city. For the palace will be forsaken, the busy city abandoned. The hill and the watchtower will become barren places forever. The joy of wild donkeys in a pasture for flocks, until the spirit from heaven is poured out on us. Then the desert will become an orchard, and the orchard will seem like a forest. Then justice will inhabit the wilderness, and righteousness will dwell in the orchard. The result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. Then my people will dwell in a peaceful place, and in safe and restful dwellings. But hail will level the forest and the city will stink into the depths. Happy are you who sow seed beside abundant waters, who let oxen donkey range freely. Woe you destroyer, never destroyed, you traitor, never betrayed. 
When you have finished destroying, you will be destroyed. When you have finished betraying, they will betray you. Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our strength every morning and our salvation in time of trouble. The peoples flee at the thunderous noise. The nations scatter when you rise in your majesty. Your spoil will be gathered as locusts are gathered. People will swarm over it like an infestation of locusts. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. There will be times of security for you, a storehouse of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Listen, their warriors cried loudly in the streets. The messengers of peace weep bitterly. The highways are deserted. Travel has ceased. An agreement has been broken. Cities despised and human life disregarded. The land mourns and withers. Lebanon is ashamed and decayed. Sharon is like a desert. Bashan and Carmel shake off their leaves. Now I will rise up, says the Lord. Now I will lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. You will conceive chaff. You will give birth to stubble. Your breath is fire that will consume you. The peoples will be burned to ashes like thorns cut down and burned in a fire. You who are far off hear what I have done. You who are near know my strength. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling seizes the ungodly. Who among us can dwell with a consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with ever-burning flames? The one who lives righteously and speaks rightly, who refuses gain from extortion, whose hand never takes a bribe, who stops his ears from listening to murderous plots and shuts his eyes to avoid endorsing evil, he will dwell on the heights. His refuge will be the rocky fortresses, his food provided, his water assured. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty, you will see a vast land. Your mind will meditate on the past terror, where is the accountant, where is the tribute collector, where is the one who spied out our defences. You will no longer see the barbarians, a people whose speech is difficult to comprehend, who stammer in a language that is not understood. Look at Zion, the city of our festival times. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a peaceful pasture, a tent that does not wander. Its tent pegs will not be pulled up, nor will any of its cords be loosened. For there the Majestic One, the Lord, will be for us. A place of rivers and broad streams, where ships that are rowed will not go, and majestic vessels will not pass. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Your ropes are slack, they cannot hold the base of the mast or spread out the flag. Then abundant spoil will be divided, the lame will plunder it, and none there will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. And we read Second Kings 18, 36-37. But the people kept silent. They answered him not a word, for the king's command was, Don't enter, answer him. Then Elikim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Sebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the court historian, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and reported to him the words of the Rebbeshekah. When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the Lord's temple. Then we read Isaiah 36, 21-22. But they were silent and did not answer him at all, for the king's command was, Don't answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna the scribe, and Joah, son of Asaph, the record keeper, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn, and they reported to him the words of the Rebishkah. When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and went to the house of the Lord. Then 2 Kings 19, 
Then he sent Ilakim, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna the court secretary, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah son of Amoz. They said to him, This is what Hezekiah says. Today is a day of distress, rebuke, and disgrace. For children have come to the point of birth, but there is no strength to deliver them. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear all the words of the Rebbeshekah, whom his master the king of Assyria sent to mock the living God, and will rebuke him for the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore offer a prayer for the surviving remnant. So the servants of king Hezekiah went to Isaiah, who said to them, Tell your master this. The Lord says, Don't be afraid of the words you have heard, that the king of Assyria's attendants have blasphemed me with. I am about to put a spirit in him, and he will hear a rumour and return to his own land, where I will cause him to fall by the sword. Then we read the same in Isaiah 37, 2-7. Then he sent Ilakim, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna the court secretary, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah son of Amoz. They said to him, This is what Hezekiah says. Today is a day of distress, rebuke, and disgrace. For children have come to the point of birth, but there is no strength to deliver them. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear all the words of the Rebbeshekah, whom his master the king of Assyria sent to mock the living God, and will rebuke him for the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore offer a prayer for the surviving remnant. So the servants of king Hezekiah went to Isaiah, who said to them, Tell your master this. The Lord says, Don't be afraid of the words you have heard, that the king of Assyria's attendants have blasphemed me with. I am about to put a spirit in him, and he will hear a rumour and return to his own land, where I will cause him to fall by the sword. And then we finish today with Psalm 44, verses 1 to 26. God, we have heard with our ears, our forefathers have told us, the work you accomplished in their days, in days long ago. To plant them, you drove out the nations with your hand. To settle them, you crushed the peoples. For they did not take the land by their sword, their arm did not bring them victory, but by your right hand, your arm and the light of your face, for you were pleased with them. You are my king, my God, who ordains victories for Jacob. Through you we drive back our foes, through your name we trample our enemies. For I do not trust in my bow, and my sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our foes, and let those who hate us be disgraced. We boast in God all day long, we will praise your name forever. But you have rejected and humiliated us. You do not march out with our enemies. You make us retreat from the foe, and those who hate us have taken plunder for themselves. You hand us over to be eaten like sheep, and scatter us among the nations. You sell your people for nothing. You make no profit from selling them. You make us an object of reproach to our neighbours, a source of mockery and ridicule to those around us. You make us a joke among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. My disgrace is before me all day long, and shame has covered my face, because of the voice of the scorner and reviler, because of the enemy and avenger. All this has happened to us, but we have not forgotten you, or betrayed your covenant. Our hearts have not turned back, our steps have not strayed from your path, but you have crushed us in a hunt of jackals, and have covered us with deepest darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God, and spread out our hands to a foreign God, wouldn't God have found this out, since he knows the secrets of the heart? Because of you we are slain all day long, we are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Wake up, Lord, why are you sleeping? Get up, don't reject us forever. Why do you hide yourself and forget our affliction and oppression? For we have sunk down to the dust, 
our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up, help us, redeem us because of your faithful love. And there we are, day 200. Day 201, and we begin today in Second Chronicles 32, verse 17. He also wrote letters to mock the Lord God of Israel, saying against him, Just like the national gods of the lands that did not deliver their people from my power, so Hezekiah's God will not deliver his people from my power. And in Second Kings 19, 8-13, When the Rabshakeh had heard that the king of Assyria had left Lashish, he returned and found him fighting against Libna. The king had heard this about Tirhaka, king of Cush. Look, he has set out to fight against you. So he again sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Say this to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Don't let your Lord God, whom you trust, deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries. They destroyed them completely. Will you be rescued? Did the gods of the nations that my predecessors destroyed rescue them? Nations such as Gozan, Haran, Rafseph, and the Edenites in Telazar. Whereas the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Shepharaim, Hina or Eva. And then we read Isaiah 37, 8-13. When the Rabshakeh heard that the king had left Lashish, he returned and discovered that the king of Assyria was fighting against Libna. The king had heard this about Terhakah, king of Cush. He had set out to fight against you, so when he heard this, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Say this to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Don't let your God, whom you trust, deceive you by saying that Jerusalem won't be handed over to the king of Assyria. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries. They destroyed them completely. Will you be rescued? Did the gods of the nations that my predecessors destroyed rescue them? Gozan, Horan, Rezef, and the Edenites and Telassar. Whereas the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sephraviam, Hina or Eva. Second Chronicles 32 verse 20. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah son of Amoz prayed about this and cried out to heaven. And Second Kings 19, 14 to 19. Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers, read it, then went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, Lord God of Israel, who is enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear the words that Sennacherib has sent to mock the living God. Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they have not gods but made by human hands, wood and stone, so they have destroyed them. Now, Lord, our God, please save us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. And Isaiah thirty-seven fourteen to 20 Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers, read it, then went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, Lord God of Israel, who is enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear the words that Sennacherib has sent to mock the living God. Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they have not gods but made by human hands, wood and stone, so they have destroyed them. Now, Lord, our God, please save us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. 
Psalm 73, 1-14 God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped, my steps nearly went astray. For I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have an easy time until they die, and their bodies are well fed. They are not in trouble like others, they are not afflicted like most people. Therefore pride is their necklace, and violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge out from fatness, the imaginations of their hearts run wild. They mock and they speak maliciously, they arrogantly threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven, and their tongues strut across the earth. Therefore his people turn to them and drink in their overflowing waters. They say, How can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Look at them, the wicked. They are always at ease and they increase their wealth. Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? For I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. If I had decided to say these things aloud, I would have betrayed your people. When I tried to understand all this, it seemed hopeless until I entered God's sanctuary. Then I understood their destiny. Indeed, you put them in slippery places. You make them fall into ruin. How suddenly they become a desolation. They come to an end, swept away by terrors. Like one waking from a dream, Lord, when arising, you will despise their image. When I became embittered and my innermost being was wounded, I was a fool and didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal towards you. Yet I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterwards you will take me up in glory. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you, but as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, so I can tell about all you do. And then Second Kings nineteen twenty to 34 Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. The Lord, the God of Israel, says... I have prayed, heard your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord has spoken against him. The young woman, daughter Zion, despises you and scorns you. Daughter Jerusalem shakes her head behind your back. Who is it you mocked and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. You have mocked the Lord through your messengers. You have said, With my many chariots I have gone up to the heights of the mountains, to the far recesses of Lebanon. I cut down its tallest cedars, its choice cypress trees. I came to its farthest outpost, its densest forest. I dug wells and I drank foreign waters. I dried up all the streams of Egypt with the soles of my feet. Have you not heard? I designed it long ago. I planned it in days gone by. I have now brought it to pass, and you have crushed fortified cities into piles of rubble. Their inhabitants will become, have become parlous, dismayed and ashamed. They are plants of the field, tender grass, grass on the rooftops, blasted by the east wind. But I know you're sitting down, and you're going out, and you're coming in, and you're raging against me. Because you're raging against me, and your arrogance have reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you go back the way you came. This will be the sign for you. This year you will eat what grows on its own, and in the second year what grows from that. But in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. The surviving remnant of the house of Israel will again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For a remnant will go out from Jerusalem and survivors from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. 
Therefore this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here or become before it with a shield or build up an assault ramp against it. He will go back on the road that he came and he will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and rescue it for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And then to finish today we read the same from Isaiah 37 verses 21 to 35. Then Isaiah son of Amos sent a message to Hezekiah. The Lord the God of Israel says, I have prayed, heard your prayer to me about Sennacherib king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord has spoken against him. The young woman daughter Zion despises you and scorns you. Daughter Jerusalem shakes her head behind your back. Who is it you mocked and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. You have mocked the Lord through your messengers. You have said, With my many chariots I have gone up to the heights of the mountains, to the far recesses of Lebanon. I cut down its tallest cedars, its choice cypress trees. I came to its farther, farthest outpost, its densest forest. I dug wells and I drank foreign waters. I dried up all the streams of Egypt with the soles of my feet. Have you not heard? I designed it long ago. I planned it in days gone by. I have now brought it to pass and you have crushed fortified cities into piles of rubble. Their inhabitants will become, have become powerless, dismayed and ashamed. They are plants of the field, tender grass, grass on the rooftops, blasted by the east wind. But I know you're sitting down and you're going out and you're coming in and you're raging against me. Because you're raging against me and your arrogance have reached my ears. I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you go back the way you came. This will be the sign for you. This year you will eat what grows on its own and in the second year what grows from that. But in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. The surviving remnant of the house of Israel will again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For a remnant will go out from Jerusalem and survivors from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Therefore this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here or become before it with a shield or build up an assault ramp against it. He will go back on the road that he came and he will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and rescue it for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And there we end, day 201. Day 202, and we continue through parts of Second Kings, parts of Second Chronicles, parts of Isaiah, and some of the Psalms. But we begin in Second Kings 19, 35 and 36. That night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies, so Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and left. He returned home and lived in Nineveh. And Second Chronicles 32, 21-22 And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated every brave warrior, leader and commander in the camp of the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria returned with shame to his land. He went to the temple of his god and there were some of his own children cut him down with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the power of king Sennacherib of Assyria and from the power of all others. He gave them rest on every side. And then we read Isaiah 37, verses 36 and 37, the same. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and left. He returned home and lived in Nineveh. 
Then we read Psalm 75, 1 to 10. We give thanks to you, God. We give thanks to you, for your name is near. People tell about your wonderful works. When I choose a time, I will judge fairly. When the earth and all its inhabitants shake, I am the one who steadies its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn against heaven or speak arrogantly. Exaltation does not come from the east, the west, or the desert, for God is the judge. He brings down one and exalts another, for there is a cup in the Lord's hand full of wine blended with spices, and he pours from it. All the wicked of the earth will drink, draining it to the dregs. As for me, I will tell about him forever. I will sing praise to the God of Jacob. I will cut off all the horns of the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. And then Psalm 76, 1-12. God is known in Judah. His name is great in Israel. His tent is in Salim, his dwelling place in Zion. There he shatters the bow's flaming arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. You are resplendent and majestic, coming down from the mountains of prey. The brave-hearted have been plundered. They have slipped into their final sleep. None of the warriors was able to lift a hand. At your rebuke, God of Jacob, both chariot and horse lay still. And you, you are to be feared. When you are angry, who can stand before you? From heaven you pronounced judgment. The earth feared and grew quiet when God rose up to judge and to save all the lowly of the earth. Even who human wrath will praise you, you will clothe yourself with their remaining wrath. Make and keep your vows to the Lord your God. Let all who are around him bring tribute to the awe-inspiring one. He humbles the spirit of leaders. He is feared by the kings of the earth. Then we read Second Chronicles 32 verse 23. Many were bringing an offering to the Lord to Jerusalem and valuable gifts to King Hezekiah of Judah. And he was exalted in the eyes of all the nations after that. And then verses 27 to 30. Hezekiah had abundant riches and glory, and he made himself treasuries for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and every desirable item. He made warehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle and pens for flocks. He made cities for himself, and he acquired herds of sheep and cattle in abundance, for God gave him abundant possessions. This same Hezekiah blocked the outlet of the water of the upper Gihon and channeled it smoothly downward and westward to the city of David. Hezekiah succeeded in everything he did. Then we read Second Kings 20, 12-20. At that time Merodach Balan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah gave them a hearing and showed them his whole treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices and the precious oil, and his armoury and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did these men say and where did they come from? Hezekiah replied, They came from a distant country from Babylon. Isaiah asked, What have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, They have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Hezekiah, Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. The time will certainly come when everything in your palace and all that your fathers have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, 
The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, why not if there will be peace and security during my lifetime? Then we read Isaiah 39, 1-8, the same verses. At that time, Merodach Balan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah gave them a hearing and showed them his whole treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices and the precious oil, and his armory and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did these men say and where did they come from? Hezekiah replied, They came from a distant country from Babylon. Isaiah asked, What have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, They have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Hezekiah, Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. The time will certainly come when everything in your palace and all that your fathers have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not, if there will be peace and security during my lifetime? Second Chronicles 32 verse 31 When the ambassadors of Babylon's rulers were sent to him to inquire about the miraculous sign that had happened in the land, God left him to test him and discover what was in his heart. And 2 Kings 20, 21, Hezekiah rested with his fathers and his son Manasseh became king in his place. Then 2 Chronicles 32, 32-33. As for the rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign and his deeds of faithful love, note that they are written about in the visions of the prophet Isaiah son of Amoz and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his fathers and was buried on the ascent to the tombs of David's descendants. All Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem paid him honour at his death. His son Manasseh became king in his place. Then we read Second Kings seventeen, twenty-four to 21 Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kuthath, Avah, Hamath, and Sepharaim, and settled them in the place of the Israelites in the cities of Samaria. The settlers took possession of Samaria and lived in its cities. When they first lived there, they did not fear the Lord. So the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. The settlers spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations that you have deported and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the custom of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them, which are killing them, because the people don't know the custom of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria issued a command, Send back one of the priests you deported. Have him go and live there, so he can teach them the custom of the God of the land. So one of the priests they had deported came and lived in Bethel, and he began to teach them how they should fear the Lord. But the people of each nation, in the cities where they lived, were still making their own gods and putting them in the shrines of the high places that the Samaritans had made. The men of Babylon made Succoth banoth the men of Kuth made Nergal, the men of Hamath made Ashimah, the Avaites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharavites burned their children in the fire to Adramalech and Ammonalech, the gods of the Sepharavim. So they feared the Lord, but they also appointed from their number priests to serve them in the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, but they also worshipped their own gods according to the custom of the nations where they had been deported from. 
They are still practicing the former customs to this day. None of them fear the Lord or observe their statutes and ordinances. The law and the commandments the Lord commanded the descendants of Jacob. He renamed him Israel. The Lord made a covenant with them and commanded them, Do not fear other gods. Do not bow down to them. Do not serve them. Do not sacrifice to them. Instead, fear the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. You are to bow down to him and you are to sacrifice to him. You are to be careful always to observe the statutes, the ordinances, the laws and the commandment he wrote for you. Do not fear other gods. Do not forget the covenant that I have made with you. Do not fear other gods, but fear the Lord your God, and he will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. However, they would not listen, but continued practicing their former custom. These nations feared the Lord, but also served their idols. Their children and grandchildren continue doing as their fathers did until today. And there we end, day 202. Day 203 in the final day of week 29, beginning at 2 Kings 21, verses 1-9. to Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king. He reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephazibah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the abominations of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed, and re-established the altars for Baal. He made an Asherah as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also worshipped the whole heavenly host and served them. He would build altars in the Lord's temple where the Lord had said, Jerusalem is where I will put my name. He built altars to the whole heavenly host in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. He made his son pass through the fire, practised witchcraft and divination, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did a great amount of evil in the Lord's sight, provoking him. Manasseh set up the carved image of Asherah he made in the temple that the Lord had spoken about to David and his son Solomon. I will establish my name forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I will never again cause the feet of the Israelites to wander from the land I gave to their ancestors. If only they will be careful to do all I have commanded them, the whole law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they did not listen. Manasseh caused them to stray, so they did greater evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. And then we read the same in Second Chronicles 33, 1-9. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king. He reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephazibah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the abominations of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed and re-established the altars for Baal. He made an Asherah as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also worshipped the whole heavenly host and served them. He would build altars in the Lord's temple where the Lord had said, Jerusalem is where I will put my name. He built altars to the whole heavenly host in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. He made his son pass through the fire practised witchcraft and divination, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did a great amount of evil in the Lord's sight, provoking him. Manasseh set up a carved image of the idol which he had made in God's temple, about which God had said to David and his son Solomon, I will establish my name forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. 
I will never again remove the feet of the Israelites from upon the land where I stationed your ancestors, if only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them through Moses, all the law, statutes and judgments. So Manasseh caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to stray, so that they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Then we read Second Kings 21, 10-15. The Lord spoke through his servants the prophets, saying, Since Manasseh king of Judah has committed all these abominations, greater evil than the Amorites who preceded him had done, and by means of his idols has also caused Judah to sin, this is what the Lord God of Israel says, I am about to bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that everyone who hears about it will shudder. I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line used in Samaria and the mason's level used in the house of Ahab. And I will wipe Jerusalem clean as one wipes a bowl, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will abandon the remnant of my inheritance and hand them over to their enemies. They will become plunder and spoil to all their enemies, because they have done what is evil in my sight and have provoked me from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until today. Then we read Second Chronicles 33 verse 10. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they didn't listen. And Isaiah twenty two fifteen to 25 The Lord God of hosts said, Go to Shebna, that steward who is in charge of the palace, and say to him, What are you doing here? Who authorised you to carve out a tomb for yourself here, carving your tomb on the height and cutting a crypt for yourself out of rock? Look, young man, the Lord is about to shake you violently. He will take hold of you, wind you up into a ball, and sling you into a wide land. There you will die, and there your glorious chariots will be, a disgrace to the house of your Lord. I will remove you from your office. You will be ousted from your position. On that day I will call for my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and tie your sash around him. I will put your authority into his hand and he will be like a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David on his shoulder what he opens no one can close, what he closes no one can open. I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. He will be a throne of honour for his father's house. They will hang him on the whole burden of his father's house, the descendants and the offshoots, all the small vessels from bowls to every kind of jar. On that day, the declaration of the Lord of hosts, the peg that was driven into a firm place will give way, be cut off and fall, and the load on it will be destroyed. Indeed, the Lord has spoken. Then we read Second Kings 19, verse 37, over the sound of hoovering. One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nishroch, his sons Adramelech and Sharachzar struck him down with the sword and escaped to the land of Ararat. Then his son Esar Hadon became king in his place. Isaiah 37, verse 38. One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nisroch, his sons Adramelech and Sharazar struck him down with a sword and escaped to the land of Ararat. Then his son Esar Hadon became king in his place. Second Kings 21 verse 16 Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem with it from one end to another. This was in addition to his sin he caused Judah to commit, so that they did what was evil in the Lord's sight. In Second Chronicles 33, 11-17 So he brought against them the military commanders of the king of Assyria. They captured Manasseh with hooks, 
bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. When he was in distress, he sought the favour of the Lord his God and earnestly humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. He prayed to him so he heard his petition and granted his request and brought him back to Jerusalem to his kingdom. So Manasseh came to know that the Lord is God. After this, he built the outer wall of the city of David from west of Gihon in the valley to the entrance of the fish gate. He brought it around the Ophel and he heightened it considerably. He also placed military commanders in all the fortified cities of Judah. He removed the foreign gods and the idol from the Lord's temple, along with all the altars that he had built on the mountain of the Lord's temple and in Jerusalem. And he threw them outside the city. He built the altar of the Lord and offered fellowship and thank offerings on it. Then he told Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. In 2 Kings 21, 17-18 The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, along with all his accomplishments and the sin that he committed, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. Manasseh rested with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his own house, the garden of Uzzah. His son Ammon became king in his place. In 2 Chronicles 33, 18-20 The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign along with his prayer to his God and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, are written about in the events of Israel's kings. His prayer and how God granted his request and all his sin and unfaithfulness, and the sites where he built high places and set up Asherah poles and carved images before he humbled himself, they are written about in the records of Hosea. Manasseh rested with his fathers, and he was buried in his own house. His son Ammon became king in his place. In 2 Kings 21, 19-22 Ammon was 22 years old when he became king. He reigned two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Mechshulameth, daughter of Haruz. She was from Jothbath. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight as his father Manasseh had done. He walked in all the ways his father had walked. He served the idols his father had served. And he worshipped them. He abandoned the Lord God of his ancestors and did not walk in the way of the Lord. And verse 23. Ammon's servants conspired against the king and killed him in his own house. And then 2 Kings 21, 25-26. The rest of the events of Ammon's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. He was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah, and his son Josiah became king in his place. And 2 Kings 21 Verse 24. Then the common people executed all those who had conspired against King Ammon and made his son Josiah king in his place. Second Chronicles 33, 21-25 to end today. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king. He reigned two years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight just as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images that his father Manasseh had made and he served them. But he did not humble himself before the Lord like his father Manasseh humbled himself. Instead, Ammon increased his guilt. So his servants conspired against him and put him to death in his own house. Then the common people executed all those who conspired against King Ammon and made his son Josiah king in his place. And there we end day 203 and week 29.